What's up, guys? My name is Sean. I'm here with another episode, and I'm here with Lucas. Kalu. Kalu. Yeah, Lucas. <laughs> um, Cheers, my man. Professional MMA fighter. Um, this is the second episode I've done on fighting, but I'm really interested with this one today. Um, and uh, so we usually start with a shot. And then after that, maybe you can introduce yourself. Sure, sure. Are sure. you having a drink? Yeah. By the way, Just, since you like, it's like shots with Sean, yeah. we're going to talk about MMA. I got something for you, and I think you might want to have shots with this. Oh, it's the real proper 12. <laughs> yeah, let's do it, man. I've never... yeah. Wow, did you order this? So yeah, I ordered this like a while ago, but I, had, I got two. Um, you know, don't drink very much, so it's still... I but I think it, it would be good for 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 the, the occasion. Ah, I'm coming, man. <laughs> oh, awesome! Yes. I have no idea how the taste is. I, don't understand. <laughs> let's let's see. Lucas, thank you. Cheers, man. Cheers. Wow. <laughs> That's strong. It's a, quite a kick. It's, strong, yeah, yeah. it's okay, yeah. It's good, but awesome. Um, thanks for coming on. I appreciate pleasure, your time. My pleasure. Uh, basically, yeah, maybe for the people who don't know who you are, mm. maybe you can explain uh, what you do, what's your sport, your background, and take it from there. Okay, yeah. So I'm a professional MMA fighter, right? I've been fighting my whole life started like at six years old now okay. yeah, I started at six years old um, did many different like modalities of martial arts but my I mean when I started to get older my goal was always MMA about like 14 and shit so I started at six with karate and then I went to kickboxing then the MMA came the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and at the same time, when I was about like 18 or 17, I started to coach. I coach martial arts as well. And that's what brought me to Hong Kong. Fighting, like fighting professionally and coaching martial arts. Okay, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. You know what I noticed? is like a lot of people, <clears throat> when they're younger, they find their own sport and like where their path is. I still find it so crazy that people who take fighting as their path because as the sport grows, it's getting more and more popular, you know, yeah, with yeah. UFC, social media, but I still think people underestimate the amount of time and effort and like mental fortitude that goes into it. Um, I always liked it right. also, when I was younger, I, I mean, not even too long ago, I think 2014 or 15, I really started to watch UFC, I'm like, oh, I like this. The moment I got punched in the face, I'm like, oh, maybe, <laughs> maybe it's not for me just yet. I mean, I had like one fight and like, but that's another level. So if, I, if you don't mind me asking, what's the most attractive thing for you for fighting? What, what makes you want to go back in the cage, uh, I keep going? Fear. Fear. The, I'm like motivated by fear, you know, like the adrenaline. That makes me want to do it again, you know, like, that, like not, not only for fighting, for everything, yeah. you know. Everything that makes, a bit, that makes me a bit scared, I have that adrenaline, I want to do it. Example, like... I haven't done it yet, you know, but skydiving is something that I really want to do it. But I, because every time I go close to some edge or something, I'm fucking like scared. But at the same time, I want to jump, you know. So I think like, like I always had that thing that whatever, everything that makes me scared, also like I want to do it, you know. So uh, Yeah, I think 
if people take more of that mindset, I think people will kind of regret later in life when they're older yeah. a lot of things yeah. that they do. But that's awesome. Yeah. And you're talking like about the mental aspect, like I mean, fighting. <laughs> I mean, every sport, right? But fighting much more. You know, like I mean, the mental aspect is so important in fighting. So so important. Like, for example, in, in training, I would say it's like eighty percent like mental, twenty percent like you know. Oh, sorry, 80% like physical, mm. 20% like mental. But when you go for like a real fight, you did it, you know? It's like, it's the opposite. It's like 80% like mental, 20% physical, you know? Like you gotta control your fears and like, you're having the other side, the guy that wanna like literally fuck you up, you know? And the guy has been training, so it's like, it's like super mental, you know? It's like, it's, it's good. So I like that part as well. So when you're prepping for fight camp, um, mm. Maybe take us through like your, your schedule. How, how does it work in the sense that you have a certain amount of weeks, right? Yes. That you basically prepare for. And like how many times are you training, for example, sparring, conditioning, uh, rest days, whatever mm. it is. How does it look like for Lucas? Okay. So <clears throat> it's like for very like, let me try to explain a bit of the, the background. For a very long time, I always like try to train very similar to it like fighting camp, like a training camp, like not in terms of intensity, you know, but at least in terms like close, like the volume was also very close, you know, but for example, back in the days, this was not common at all. You know, you used to see like many MMA fighters, like, okay, they did, they, they, they train a lot when they're young, but now they're professionals. They're like, just doing like, oh, I have a fight. Uh, I have a, I just got a fight in two months. And then they start the camp right after the fight, they stop. You know, like this was like really common, like until not very long ago, like, you know, many UFC champs, they used to do that. Of course, nowadays is not like that, but I, I was always doing the opposite, you know, I was always training all the time. So when you ask me about like a, like a training schedule, my schedule when I have a fight doesn't change as much, you know, it changed a bit of like the training, the sparring started to be like a bit more, uh, I started to do more sparring. And the spars start to get a bit more, it depends on which phase of the camp is going to be a bit more uh, intense, you know, like not very close to the fight, of course, when you're getting close to the fight, you start to slow down, like in terms of sparring. And, but yeah, but like, for example, right now my schedule, not right now because of the pandemic, right, but like a normal schedule, like without a fight and I schedule with the fight, I would say I grapple like about... Uh, Three, three, four times, uh, three, four times a week. Mm -hmm. I strike, do like striking as uh, also like three, four times a week. Sparring once or once or twice per week, and strength and conditioning one, like twice a week, twice or three times a week. So it's like a net, like never less than nine sessions, like something around nine to twelve sessions. Yeah, I'm a trying week. to count on my fingers. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nine, no, no. two days. Nine, yeah. nine, 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 like never less than nine, and that like around nine to twelve sessions a week. Yeah, so, but I mean, for me, it's like. I have a life like that. Yeah, know, like yeah, a long yeah. time. Yeah, that's. I'm used to. See, you guys, nine sessions a week. That's how you're gonna get a shredded body. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, it's it's good. People need to hear the intensity, and obviously, like when you're in fight camp, the intensity comes yeah, up, yeah, and then yeah. you obviously taper off. Yeah, yeah. You can't weight cutting and shit. You know, like when it's close, right? We we gotta lose a lot of weight. Yeah. And that 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 phase is like fucked up. You cannot train really hard. So I've heard this. Um, I've heard it a lot through. YouTube and TV and from other fighters, um, they say sometimes the weight cut is harder than the fight. Is By far. Okay. Yeah, it's like, it's like, uh, 
Uh, it is, it is, it is. You know, like, um, let, let me talk about, like, normally I like to cut weight in about three weeks. I cut about 11 kilos, you know, in three weeks. Then, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, uh, so this is a good time, you know, like three, four weeks, you know, like a month, let's say a month, you know. But I've done it once, I, I, like back in Brazil, I got a fight in my kind of, not short notice, but I try. I try to cut like the, the 11 kilos in a very short period, you know. Because doing that, you can, re normally, you can recover a bit like more. But this didn't make me feel better, you know. So, I, so like, the way that I perform the best is like cutting about like three to four weeks, you know, the weight. And, but I've done it like in le like 11 kilos in 11 days. Oh my yes. God, that's incredible. So, but like, it's like, this is incredible. But like guys, you have guys that cut much more than that. You know, it's like, it's insane. It's insane. You got to know your body, you know, like how much you're losing the sound and everything. How did you feel? Uh, okay, so when you cut, for example, in any fight camp, the most weight, how did you feel during and after? Like, okay. So I'm always walking around, like, I walk around like something from 81 to 83 kilos. Never more than 83, uh, never less than 80, I'd say. And so if I do like, when I, but when I actually start the camp, uh, my weight goes a bit higher, goes up a bit, you know? So I'm eating I'm, a bit more. Eating, I'm eating a bit more, you know, like training more, I'm getting a bit of mass. And then, but like, okay, once I start to cut, I go slowly down. I feel very good. If I do the cuts in the four weeks, you know, I'm feel, I feel very, very good. You know, like I start to feel lighter when the weight is going down like faster. Uh, so I cut about from 82, let's start, let's say I start at 82. I will cut like dieting until 77, that's the 76 maybe, that's the maximum I can go. Okay. 76 and then from there, it's just like water, wow. you know, like this water, these last five, six years, it will, okay, if I fight on Saturday, the waiting is on Friday, on Monday morning, I'll be 75, 76. Now we okay. up, yeah, so 76. So I think this is like just like that. Then it, we have the, the, you know, like what to eat. That is like just about the, the, the weight of food and there is all the process, you know. Right. Uh, so if I do like, if doing like this, you feel really very good. But like doing the, the other way, so after, after the weigh in, let's say the weigh in is on Friday. Yeah. I did everything nice. I will probably recover about like 10% of my, of my body weight. So I, I will go back up to like maybe 77, 78, something around 76 to 78, sometimes 79. But if the, the, the time that I did like 11 kilos in 11 days, I went up all the way to 80, you know, uh, but it didn't make me feel good. I was actually like feeling a bit heavy, okay. you know, like weird, you know, yeah. so. You never know what the body's going to do. No, you never know. You never know. Yeah. I was actually speaking to Jeff and he also talks about because he has to do bodybuilding shows oh not as aggressive weight cut as you yeah, yeah. But, but it's like yeah very tough you know yeah. they have to be like fucking shred right? they really have to manipulate and he was talking like he's like you know i don't know what i'm gonna do when i eat carbs how i'm gonna look it just depends on on the day how you feel so kind of in that sense how you feel when you i guess when you hydrate you know now with your body you're gonna feel better if you prepare for a bit yeah, longer yeah yeah but yeah, it's a really it's an interesting one how you can just manipulate water. How was it for you? Did you lose? Did you cut weight when you fought? Uh, I didn't cut too much weight no. to be fair. Actually, I was underweight to be fair. Oh really? I was under. I was underweight. I was like always when I'm training. I seem I, I, I seem to lose a lot of weight quite quickly because mm. I don't really for some reason I'm so focused on training and I don't eat as much. Okay. Because it was only white collar, but I had to actually gain a certain amount of weight. I had to put. I had to be seventy three. 
Um, and I was, I think, I mean, 69 or 70 at the time. Okay. So I could like eat more. And so I remember forcing and then like, okay, just on the way on way in day, it was like, okay. I was like 72.5. Oh, that's good. And then that's I good. obviously was just water. So. <laughs> you remind me, like, I always fought like 70 kilos, you know, like my whole life, you know. But of course, when I was younger, I was just not cutting weight. You know? I started to fight like professionally, like about 16, 15, 16. Wow. And then I remember in a fight, uh, I was going to like, you know, I was going to make weights. And then I was eating like, I was like, fuck, man, I'm like 68. What the guy's going to think about my, you know, he's going to think like, what the fuck? And I was eating like the two days before, like one day and the day of the waiting, I was like eating bread, drinking water. And then I went to weight myself with shoes, like the stomach full of water. And then I step on it like, fuck, I'm going to be 70. And then 69.8. And I was like, fuck. And the guy was like, in the other side, the guy was like older. And he was like, shred, like shirt, like no shirt. And I was like, fuck. Anyways, but then it was good. I fucked yeah, yeah. <laughs> up, yeah. That was good. <laughs> was good. Well, um, I wanted to, uh, I think we chatted about when we had dinner the other time. What's your uh, mindset like with like your opponent? If you know your opponent, you know his style. Mm. Leading up to it, um, what's your vibe like? What's your energy? Are you like the friendly type, the respectful type? Or are you like, you know what? Nah, Just it's... stoic. Just very blank. Ah. I'm like, that's all. Actually, this is probably the the the, the parts that that I like. One of the parts that I like the most, you know, these mental these mental aspects. I know, yes, I just these like friendly shit, you know. Like, I I mean, I'm not. I don't. I'm not. You know, I don't disrespect the guy, but it's like I'm not trying to be your friend, you know. Like yeah. this, like for example, like you see a lot of fighters like touching the gloves before the fight. I hate that shit, man. I've done it before, but you know when it's the guy see the guy doing this, like fuck no, man. You know, it's like afterwards you're gonna talk. We can go out for drinks, whatever. But like here, no, it's like a really war. You know, like I, I grew up like watching every single video of like Ali, every single video of Mike Tyson, you know, every single video of like Floyd Mayweather, like the way that they were talking, like like Kobe Bryant, everything. It's all about. It's like, it's, at the end of the day, it's a competition. It's a fucking fight, you yeah, know? Everything yeah. matters, you know? Like, when you, you know when the guy's, like, a bit scared of you, it, it makes a difference, you know? So, yeah. if I go, if, I, I was even, like, looking back in the days, uh, I mean, talking to my therapist. I have a therapy for, for, for fighting. And you're talking about that. My, my best performance, it was, it, they were actually the fights that I was, like, very focused, not being nice. But some of my performance that I was just, like, being, you know? I didn't perform this, but it's, mm, it's good. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. I guess that there's a dynamic difference between how fighters perform in the cage and, like, I'll use your example. You know, like Dustin Poirier, right? Yeah, when yeah, he fought yeah. Connor the first time, and Dustin lost because Connor was in his head. Totally. Then the second time, yeah. friendly, friendly. Dustin seems like a very, you know, in his press conferences, he he seems a little bit hesitant or a little bit awkward when he speaks. Yeah. Even the trash talking, it can't really come out as well. But when Connor was kind of respectful, he was just so calm. But maybe the third fight he was grown up by then and then like so this is the best example man you, you gave us the best example like i think corner is a guy that fights much better when he when he's under pressure you know when he has all the attention when he talks shit about his opponents and everything that's like how do you say that's the 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 trigger for him you know that's like that that's what activates him you know mm -hmm. that's the the thing that activates him but when he fought the Poirier for the second time he was just being too nice and he just didn't get activated, you know, like you can see even the beginning of, it's like, 
too calm, you know, like, it, I think he, he's a guy that needs to perform under that fucking, you know, bad circumstance, you know, like all the pressure on him, trash talking, everything. Like, some, for some people, the trash talking is not even about your opponents. It's not about to make your opponents, like, worry. It's about you, to make you confident. You yeah. Know? So I think Conor is one of those guys. It's, it's it's crazy. There's so many styles, so many different yeah, fighters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I wanted to touch upon actually like so styles of trash talk, styles of fighting mentality. What about like, I mean, there's a crossover between wrestling and jujitsu. Mm -hmm. Um, and from what I've heard now is is do you think wrestling is king in terms of the actual technique to bring it in the cage? Do you think, or would you say jujitsu is more important? So look. Okay, I'm from Brazil. <laughs> no, no, actually, I'm afraid that people in Brazil like beat me up, you know? But anyways, so like, uh, MMA started in Brazil, you know, like, it's like, it came from Jiu-Jitsu, but the, the, the old style of Jiu-Jitsu, not the old style of Jiu-Jitsu, but like, people back in the days to get a black belt, for example, you know, it was necessary to have a, like a, like a, like a MMA, like a Vali, we call Vali Tudo. Vali Tudo is the old pancreation that it used to have in Greece, you know, and restarted the pancreation about 80, 70 years ago in Brazil called Vali Tudo. If I translate for you, Vali Tudo means like everything goes, you know, everything is a lot. And then afterwards, the Vali Tudo became the MMA, which is a sport, right? But, okay, the, the Gracie family, uh, they developed the Jiu-Jitsu not as a, as a martial arts, but it was just like trying to beat the other people, the other person, the person in front of them, you know. So they're using everything, everything that they were using it was like very useful. Mm -hmm. And the way for them to prove that Jiu-Jitsu was the most efficient martial arts was doing valetudos, doing MMA fights. Um, however, as this, so at that time, no one knew what Jiu-Jitsu was. So it was really easy to, to the Gracie family and the Jiu-Jitsu practitioners like to beat everyone. But, of course, the sports has developed, you know, like everyone started to understand jiu-jitsu, like study jiu-jitsu and everything. So, when you, now, like, moving forward all the way to 2020, what is the most important? Jiu-jitsu is fundamental, you know, is you have to know. If you don't know, you know, it's just like you have to, you know. So, back in the days when no one knew about it, that was the most efficient thing because if you knew a bit, it would be easy to beat the other guys, you know. But nowadays, since everyone knows, the most important thing will be that guy who controls where the fight happens. Example, if I'm a striker, you're a grappler. But I, what do I have to do? I have to keep the fight standing. But to keep the fight standing, I need to have a better wrestling than you. My wrestling needs to be better than you, you know, than yours. So wrestling nowadays just just became more important because of that because if you have the best wrestling you're the person that controls where the fight goes you know but the jiu-jitsu is just fundamental you need to have back in the days you need like vito belfort was a great example vito belfort was like a boxer with a black belt like a black belt from carson grace in the ground but his wrestling was not necessarily like a very good but it just like to expose him. many guys became champions like that nowadays it just doesn't happen anymore so that word actually control control the fight. Yes. I guess now you see like obviously with Khabib and then Islam yes, and yes. um, Hamza, they can control that fight because they have that in their arsenal. Yes, yes. So they like, like they are like great examples. Like Khabib is different because Khabib did a lot of like judo and sambo. Judo and jiu-jitsu yeah. they're very close. But Hamza, Hamza was a guy <clears throat> that wrestled the whole life. But when he started to do MMA, he was like I, I watched some of like his coach interviews, like saying that he was basically leaving at the gym, you know, like 
like literally leaving at the gym because he needed to learn, you know, the ground game because he had the grappling already, but he needed to adapt, you know, like he's grappling to MMA and vice versa. So in about the jiu-jitsu, the jiu-jitsu, the old jiu-jitsu was very like close to MMA. But nowadays you have the sports jiu-jitsu, which is very far from MMA. So also another reason that wrestling became like more important, I would say, in, in MMA. That's crazy. Yeah. But I, for me, I think striking is the coolest. <laughs> hey, striking is cool. It just looks cool. <laughs> you like hitting someone in the face? Yeah, <laughs> like hitting pads or hitting someone. It's like, even when you like crack something, like, ooh. Because it's like, it's like, it's almost like, because I played football, I played football all my life, and when you strike a ball and you feel that you strike the ball, and you hit it perfectly and it hits the goal or the post, sometimes you don't even feel like you're using so much power. It's just that technique. Yeah, Same yeah. thing like when you when you clock, when you crack someone with a nice shot, like you're just waiting, you see this and you go pop, and you're like, hey, I didn't even use that much power. I just like that bit of striking, the technique of when you can find that movement in such a small split second, and obviously you're so good at it. Because I've seen your videos and seen thanks, you watch before. Thanks, thanks, thanks. It's just so nice. It's like it's like watching, for example, how, how do you get an example? You look at like like for Lionel Messi or Cristiano Ronaldo. Those guys are so cool. To, or um, Neymar from Brazil. He's just so cool to watch when he plays football. And then I look at a striker. Who's like one of the coolest strikers? I think Conor McGregor striking is yes, it's, it's yes, so nice. Yes. It's just like beautiful. Stephen Thompson, Adesanya. Yeah. So you see them, you're like, I always cross over with football. I'm like technique man it's so nice. <laughs> yes yes so, yes yes but yeah that's that's what i feel personally even the knockout you know like like you said it's like the precision you know, not really about the power just like the precision you know like when you touch that point you feel it you know like i got it you know yeah. even when you're doing the pad sometimes you hit like a certain area of the pad and like fuck i got the point you know have you ever like knocked somebody out or got not like not not knocked out uh i've been i for sure i've been wobble wobble before but like, like sparring <laughs> Not like not like proper knocked out. I think I've I've been dropped before body shots for sure. Yeah, yeah, but it's not different. knocked yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. Not knocked out. Man, have, have you? Once, yes. Like one of my uh, back in Brazil, my my one of my the guys that I learned the most. He fought for Bellator. You know, I trained with him since I was like very very young. That's what. And his name is Carlos Injo. Great fighter, you know, like really really great fighter. Um, so anyways, like he's heavier than me. He used to fight eighty four. So like he was like walking around like 1991, but he used to train together all the time. Like he was one of my mentors, you know. And we're doing boxing the one day, uh, you know, like moving the head. He's a great striker, like complete fighter. And I was moving my head here, and I was like every time that I was throwing the right hand, I was like, I was throwing my right hand here, you know. Yeah. But he's like fucking experienced, you know. He <laughs> saw that, so he was like just following me, you know, like pop pop. And as soon I did this. He, he throws the right hand, but instead he throws the right hand here, like straight to my face, he throws on the side, you know? Because he knew that I was moving the head on that side. Just like this, you know? It, so it was my head against his punch, you know? But it wasn't that strong. I mean, of course, he's a big guy, you know? But dude, it took on my chin. I was using headgear, but like, I used like a very small headgear, you know? Only he very thin, you know? But this area was open, you know? So it took to my chin, look, <laughs> the gym was like, imagine if this is the gym, okay? And there, there's the wall here, there's the wall here. And I was close to the wall, you know? He got my chin. So I, I was, I'm here, you know? 
I don't know how long later, but I just I just remember my coach. I was I woke up. I was waking up with my coach taking off my mouthpiece, and I was like, "What the fuck? What happened? What happened? What did just happen?" Look, you did it. I just like feel very light. You know, it's a, it's a weird feeling. You know? But anyway, that that was the only time in my life that I that I got KO. Yeah. But anyways, just like no power, like you're saying, no yeah. power. You just touch. He saw my head going that way like once or twice, and he just did on the side. Took to my chin. It's the two spots, right? Is it the chin and the temple that can knock so, you So, yeah, off? so the temple, the temple will make you like, you know when you see the guys wobble yeah. when they lose their legs? That's the temple, you know? The uh, chin is going to... Yeah. Yeah. Pushes the brain back. Yes, exactly. exactly. Man, that's incredible. The only thing that I can kind of recognize from, like, getting knocked out, I, I, have you ever fainted before? <laughs> no, really, no, really. I've fainted a few times, man, and I'm like, I remember one time I was like, I was with my parents, I was going, going for, I need to go for a piss. And all I remember was, like, about to go for a piss, and then I wake up, like, my back is against the toilet, and the seat is broken. Oh. And I'm like, what the fuck? But did you feel any pain? Uh, I only felt pain when I was, like, I woke up, and I'm like, why is my back so sore? And I'm like, dude, I fucking fainted. <laughs> like, I just don't remember me falling even. I just remember, like, going like this, I'm like... So your body just like literally relaxed, right? Yeah, yeah. I think it's similar, you know, like your body, I, I woke up so fucking relaxed, man. man I just got punched for like a, not the fucking to the face. I woke up like, you know, I was had, I was dizzy for like an hour or two, you know, like, but it was like, I was fucking high, okay? That's the word, I was high, yeah, I was high, I was high. Yeah. Have you been, uh, have you had, you had surgery before, right? Yes, yes. It's not like anesthetic, right? Anesthetic is a bit. Anesthetic can miss a lot of parts. Okay, afterwards, yes, kind of. Okay. Yeah, but afterwards, you know, afterwards, after you yeah. get knocked down, kind of, yeah. yeah. Because you're confused, you know, like you're, you're high, yeah. yeah, you're confused, you don't know what is true, what is not true. I didn't, I was like, I remember that I was waking up, but I was like, where am I? How did I get here? I didn't remember how I got, how I got at the gym, you know, I was like, why? So it's this type of thing, right. you're a bit confused. Let's see, I see. The thing is, when you get knocked out, it can, for, for people who like, for casual fans who think they can actually fight, sometimes it's very, it's a very like, I think it's a scary thing for them because if they don't know, like people when they drink alcohol or they're on some sort of substance, they get very confident. I'm sure you've seen it growing up, street fights and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Like, I wish there was more education on it of people and understanding of the consequences of fighting, especially in the street fight because if you get knocked out, hit yourself in the con on concrete, you could be like paralyzed. You can die, man. You, you can see, die. Like, imagine someone like, like getting a takedown, like a double leg, lifting the guy up. Hey, it's serious, you can easily die. Yeah. So it is, it is dangerous, you know? I think, I think it, it, it should be, more people should go into martial arts so they can realize and get a little bit of a taste and think, okay. You can't control every fighter, every person, I mean, I got, you can tell, you can say, uh, every person that had a, like an experience like fighting, you can't control yourself much more, yeah. you know? I I mean, I I fought a lot on the streets when I was younger, you know? But after fighting, starting to fight professionally, it happened many times that people trying to fight me, like clubs, like on the streets. Why is that, bro? I mean, situations, you know? Like yeah. situations that people trying to fight, even here in Hong Kong once, you know? My fight in Macau, I was cutting weight in Discovery Bay, Look at this, I was cutting weight to Discovery Bay four, four or five days before the fight. So imagine how stressed I was, you know, it's like fucking hot. <laughs> I was running at the beach and then uh, I was like, ah, I have to buy some water. And then I, I went to buy some water and I was walking, I was like shirtless and like using sunglasses and I was like just looking like this. And then 
suddenly I bumped the guy, you know? And, and as soon as I bumped the guy, I was, oh, I'm very sorry, I'm sorry, sorry, sorry. And then the guy holds my arm, what the fuck? I was like, I'm sorry, man, I didn't see you. Why don't look where you look, where you walk? I was like, man, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Like, and then he kept, kept holding my arm and he kept talking shit. And he was like, keep, he was like, and then I was like, <coughs> Sorry, man, you know, like, didn't see you and everything. He's like, look, you need to look where you walk. Do you want to fight? And then he started to ask me, do you want to fight? Oh, he was about when I, he had, like, a long beard and then he had, like, a big gray beard. So I would say he was only 45, I don't know, 40s, 50s. <laughs> but he was, like, a tall guy, you know, very fit guy. And then he was, like, looking. Was, like, and then after, like, a, maybe a minute. Imagine a minute, the guy talking shit. Yeah, it was quite long. And then I, 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 I hold him back and I say, dude. I'm leaving, okay? Bye-bye. <laughs> I'm leaving. Cheers. And then I left, you know? And then I, I was happy that I, that I controlled oh myself. But at the same time, afterwards, you know, the, the blood just be like, it was like, fuck, man. You know, like, I, I, I was thinking, like, man, I made this guy's life, like, this guy's day, you know? This guy's now going back. I made that motherfucker, you know? Like, look like shit. But anyways, so I could control myself, you know? So yeah. it happened a couple of times in Brazil. So it's the best thing to do. Imagine if I would have done something, yeah. you know? Oh. Um, I would probably go to jail. Yeah, yeah. I would be deported from Hong Kong. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I mean, it's people like that. It's really hard to like just not get under your skin, and just be calm and be cool and calculated. Especially if you're having a fight and stuff. I would have lost it. Like, <laughs> face, man. There's a lot of people. That's what I'm saying. There's a lot of people who have this fake sense of like ego and like bravado that they think that they can take on someone. Like, dude, you don't know. Who is a fighter these days? You don't know, like, you could get, like, mauled. Like, dude, people, obviously, they're weight classes and people heavier than you, but you just never know someone who's experienced versus not. Yeah. And you could be stuck in a really bad situation. You're just like, uh-oh. Yeah, and not only this, I don't know, I mean, not Hong Kong, you know, Hong Kong is fucking yeah. safe, you know, but, like, you ask me about jiu-jitsu, right? Like, jiu-jitsu back in the days, man, um, the history of jiu-jitsu, first of all, jiu-jitsu, like, I don't, a lot of people they don't know about jujitsu. The Gracie family they came from like quite rich family. Jujitsu really expensive, like oh. very expensive back in the days. You know, like nineties, eighties. So, so only rich people they could do it. You know, like mm. and then. But anyways, these people are the same people that go for clubs. You know, like Saturday nights. You know, this type of thing. So when the jujitsu started to grow, a lot of fights between the teams. You know, like we call creonchi. Do you know what creonchi means? What is it? Creonchi means this is very like a slang in jiu-jitsu. For example, you train with me, we represent Novo Nyan for Novo Nyan in Brazil. So and then you leave me and then you're gonna train at Gracie Baja or another team. Okay. So everyone will call you Creonchi. Like trainer. Yeah, like a kind of. Yeah. This was like man, fucked up. You know, like <laughs> nowadays it's common, you know, as the sport some people they still don't like it, but it's it's, it's much more common, you know, like it's normal. Uh, but anyways, so these back in the days. It used to, when it was happening, man, you couldn't see your f former team because you were going to get beat up, you know? I'm talking like a long time ago. People are going to the clubs, you know? I was young. I remember that I was young and I was hearing these stories, you know? I was already training. I was just hearing these stories like, oh, you know? And then, but people were going to the clubs to kind of like see children and just like have fights, you know? Like, you can see if you, if you type like Rickson Gracie fights on the beach, at the beach, Rio de Janeiro, you see many, you know, like clubs, the Gracie family, like, but back in the days, it was a way, people were fighting, but between fighters, you know, but it was kind of like a fun way, you know, but like Brazil, a lot of people have guns, you know, so as the, as the things progress, as the, you know, as the years went by, 
you just cannot do it anymore. Not only because if the other guys are fighting, you know, like like I said, people, you, the fighters used to do by between them, but just because the other guy might have a gun, you know, you might lose your life for like nothing. You know? yeah. yeah, it's just like it's not worth it. It's crazy. Like that's the thing, Hong Kong and then Brazil. Yeah, different. it's completely different. I traveled to Rio for the first time in two thousand twelve. I remember. Nice, it was so fun. I was traveling through uh, South America. I think was it we started in, in Brazil. I think we went across from uh, west to east of um, South America. And um, we went out one night. And I, would, I was like maybe 18 or 19. And I was a bit drunk and stuff. And we walked in under this bridge. And like it was like kind of Wan Chai. It looked like Wan Chai. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like similar vibe. Didn't look like it. Lot of people and then there were like a lot of these like kids like favela um, yeah, 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 yeah. and i just walked through and i remember like i think four of them like circled me and like started like trying to take my stuff and i tried to put my hands in my pocket and basically i got like a few hits i think i got knocked down and like they ripped my t-shirt and somehow i like i think i like swung at one guy and i just started to run away and me i remember i saw my wow. friend got his watch stolen from far and he got, got hit in the back of the head and I was like, ooh, no. <laughs> this is like real, reality. It's, yeah, I stuff. That's, I mean, Brazil is amazing, but this is like the bad parts of But Brazil. I kind of wish I had at the time, because I d didn't know anything about fighting. I kind of wish I would at least kind of defend myself with the shots or I something. Actually, it was, I mean, I mean, I mean, if they hit you, it's because they didn't have anything. It's what, yeah. They were probably kids, like, Maybe. trying to get something for you and, like, trying to have fun, I would yeah. say. You know? Okay, yeah. Yeah, like, the guys that want to steal you something in Brazil, they, they're very fucking professional. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's bad sad to say, you know. I, 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 I got stolen many times, you know, like, they just stopped your car, you know, like, they come very nice to you. I remember one time the guy said, like I was I was going back from school uh, and I was walking. You know, in Brazil, for example, a lot of uh, one of the reasons that many tourists in Brazil they get these things happen is just because you need to know certain things in Brazil. Example, you walk on the streets, even if it's a good area, you just don't use your phone like this all everywhere, you know, like these things that you're like you're spoiled here in Hong Kong. These things you just that doesn't happen in Brazil. Uh, so you need to know certain things. If you go to visit Brazil, yeah, you went to Brazil, you go to the best place, the best areas, it's fucking nice, you know, it's, it's fine. But you just need to know certain things. Like like I said, you're going through Rio, for example. Rio, you have this, this south, the, south, uh, the south area of Rio, which is the most expensive, the nicest area. But at the same time, you have some favelas nearby. So once you're getting closer to that, to that area, you need to pay attention how you dress, you know, what you have in your pockets, what you hold in your hands. So, so we know these things in Brazil, you know, like, so just like keep it everything in our pockets, yeah, yeah, it's like put on the pants, you know, we just don't go out like this, you know. God, it makes sense. <laughs> so yeah, but anyways, ah, by the way, I forgot. So going back here, I was going back from school and it was like 4, 5 p.m. I was walking, I was very close to home, man, and then when you see it, uh, that, okay, this is, this is a good advice for you guys, if you, if you go to Brazil, uh, and you're walking, now they're using motorcycles, but if you walk and you see two guys in a bicycle, and you see the way they look, some cap and everything, run. Or just go away, get inside a shopping, because the, 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 the probability they try to do something on you is very high if you walk on the street. Yes, exactly. So anyways, I was, I was, I was, I was, I was walking here, and then, and then when I, it was in the corner, you know, the corner of, like, of two streets. And I was like, when I was going here, they turned right. As soon as I saw them, I was like, fuck, it's going to happen. <laughs> I was like about 14, 15, you know, and it was not my first time. And then they came, they came to me, come on, man, come on, come on. 
and uh, they say sell like carteiras, like cell phone and wallet, cell phone and wallet. And then I was like, oh, here, here, here. And I gave my wallet. And then I wanted to give my phone. I had a new phone for my mom, you know. And then, and then he's like, give me, give me your cell phone, give me your cell phone. And then I did this and he got my phone. And then as soon as he got my phone, and I was like, man, please, can you just give me the ship? Can you just give me the SIM card? And he's like, okay, okay, okay. And then he walked, seriously, true story. And then he walked, he took off my SIM card and gave me back. And then he left. Can you see these type of things? It's funny, but it's like, you're so used Crazy. to this shit. Yeah, yeah. So, that's so funny. Yeah. I mean, not funny, but not, not that, yeah, in I mean, sense, yeah. It, it's like so, it's so bad common that, that like, said, Come become, yeah. Yes. yes. It, it reminds me of a story that my mom told me because also in India, it's very corrupt. Like, uh, it's super corrupt. Like, people are very nice there, but like, one time, I don't, I don't know if the story is true, but she's told me this many times. Um, there was a robber that came into her house mm. and like, he came in to obviously try and steal something. Now, the difference between Indians and Brazilians, Brazilians are a very like well cultured, they're, they're athletic, they're sporty, they're amazing at everything. <laughs> Indians they're not very like you know, maybe the the like robbers yeah, in India are not that maybe like aggressive. Okay. Or they maybe can't really like go with it because they're maybe not technically good or gifted. But it was so funny. Apparently the robber came into the house and then they caught him. And then my bro- my my mom's brother, my uncle, like took a bat. Like hitting him and he's like you fucking like trying to steal our stuff and like apparently he was sitting with a cricket bat and he looked like he was bleeding he was like gonna die or something or get like really injured and then my mom's mom was like no 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 stop stop like stop it then like we stop it and then like believe it or not he's like sitting in their living room and he's having orange juice and he's like he's like take care of him and he's and they're, like they're taking care of him and then he's like it's like oh so you go to jail and then like giving him like treats and stuff to like fuck make him recover. <laughs> But like in India, do you have these type of things that are like walk on the street to someone come and, and do these things? Um, or just... I wouldn't be surprised. But I don't think it's as common. I don't mm. think it would be like Brazil. I don't think the people are. For example, I don't think they're ballsy enough. I don't think they have the conf- the I see, I see, the I confidence see. to do that. I see. But I'm sure it happens. I'm sure there's some there's some looting going on. But it's not something, for example, that you you need to be wary as you walk on the streets and these type of things. No, not from the city that I'm from, at least. I see. I think maybe maybe I think you're a, lo- a lot safer, yeah, I for see. sure. I see. So, but there's still a lot of corruption and stuff that's there. But I haven't been back in, in years. I was about to ask you how often did you go back to India. Last time I went was 2015, and okay. that was in Goa. Well, I was not even like. Yeah, I wasn't still here. I was still back in Brazil. Yeah. yeah. So I will probably go back. I think when. Do all you have relatives there? Um, on my mom's side, yeah. Okay. In Mumbai, so. That's where basically all my father's side, they all kind of migrated to here, mm-hmm. but it's all on my mom's side. So I'm bummed. Do you like it? Do you like India? I do like it. I do like it. It's different. The energy of people there is a lot nicer than here. I, I think so. You know, here people are very subdued. They're kind of a little bit robotic. They're a little bit more friendly, more open. So I noticed that also in Brazil. I noticed that all, like when I went to Brazil, I went there twice. Cool. And then the second time I went was in in Sao Paulo for football mm-hmm. they're just so friendly there yes yeah, true Brazilians are, are very friendly and you went I was going to say you went to like Sao Paulo is famous for people being not as friendly yeah, but it was... it's just because like Sao Paulo is the is the Hong Kong of South America okay. Okay. I would say it's like a huge city you know it's the biggest city in South America so like a really rush you know like money this type of thing so like people is not as friendly 
as a rest of Brazil, you know? Yeah. But if you say that, that's great, you know? It's different, I don't know. I'm I, my, my, all my Brazilian friends, my from Sao Paulo, I love you guys. But it's true. <laughs> I don't know, it's, it's a weird thing. Like, I always feel like, even growing up here and all the Brazilians, like, I seem to get along with them so well, even if it's me learning from them, from a sport um, basis, from a friendship basis, they all seem so like, you know, like very kind, but also they, they're, they're so gifted and they're so good at what they do. Like, I can even name the top of your head. Obviously, you are one example. Great at fighting. Like Jeff, who I work with, so good at, like, duty. bodybuilding. And then, like, the footballers that I play with, I'm like, wow. Like, it's just, like, they just... You can just tell the difference of, like, technical ability with the ball and without the ball. I'm like, damn. But it's nice. It's a good It's a good sprinkle for Hong Kong. I, I think I so. See, so yeah. It's a good place, man. Brazil is a good place. Oh, I think I'll go there again for sure. Yeah, for sure. 100%. I'm looking forward to go. My, to be honest, you know, like it's best. Yeah, uh, we're talking the other day, right? You're supposed to go to, to travel, but you needed to cancel, right? So I'm we we were gonna go to obviously I was gonna go to Europe in mm -hmm. December, but we had to cancel. cancel. But right now, we were thinking Thailand. You know, Thailand. Yeah, me too, man. <laughs> yeah, so, but I'm 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 I hope I hopefully I will go back to Brazil in around July. Okay. Looking forward, man, like to feel that, to have, to yeah. see people, yeah. you know, like yeah. to see this, my feminine shit, but like also to have that, that, that Brazilian thing, you know. You yeah. were going to go, right, because you are going to have a few fights there, right? So yeah, my plan, I was, I'm thinking, so the plan is I go to Brazil, have a fight in Brazil, uh, see the family and everyone, and then from there, go directly to the U.S., Okay. spend some time in the U.S., try to get a fight in the U.S. Yeah, so. I wanted to actually ask you, I mean, obviously coming to the end of this, what's your, um, do you have a basically like a small like five year plan of what you want to do with your career fighting? Yes, man. That I mean in uh, your head or yeah, yeah, for sure. Actually, my 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 focus was always fighting, but after coming to Hong Kong, the second and third like for three years, I kind of like not went away from fighting, but I had a lot of like cancellations and like for like for competitions, and I was like I was we were like we started the gym like Phoenix and everything, so it was a bit hard to you know, to, to conciliate and to balance, you know, but now I'm completely focused on fighting. Unfortunately, the pandemic, first my knee surgery, you know, I had a knee surgery, and then the pandemic kind of like stopped us, <clears throat> but I mean, completely focused on most of my, in the next five years, compete as much as possible, and reach the highest, highest level, man. Yeah. Dude, I'm excited for you. I think you'll get there, especially yeah. from the start Thank of the you. podcast, what you said about fear and stuff. Most people don't have the mindset. I think even if you, even if you if you succeed or you fail, at least you try, right? Yes. And yes. like that's the best thing. It's like imagine you looking when you're when you're like forty, like let's say not forty because you have like UFC champions at forty, right? But I would say like fifty, you know, six, yeah. and then you look back, fuck, I was good at this. Yeah. I could have done it, you know, like but I don't I don't want to have any regrets about that. That's awesome. Yes. Cool guys. Um, yeah, I think that's a wrap. Done. Cheers, man. Done, Thank done, you. Done.